Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our next guest has more than 10 years of HVAC design and building modeling experience. He is a lead accredited professional and is active in numerous sustainability organizations, as well as co-founder of the IBPSA Twin Cities Chapter. In his current role, he provides training, support, and consulting. Please welcome Nathan Kegel, Business Development Manager of Integrated Environmental Solutions. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peggy. So, Nathan, you know, we've been talking about all morning is, you know, the whole idea of sustainability and what we're doing at the construction job sites. I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on the changing energy types of codes right now that are happening when we, we look at sustainability, because I think there's a lot of different types of codes that are impacting building design and uh, I, I, I kind of want to go a little different direction with you and in, in how they're impacting what's happening when we look at buildings and things. What are your thoughts there a little bit? Oh, in relation to energy code, the, the biggest changes are really forcing the industry to be more um, aware and focused on performance metrics. So um, in, in principle, that's meant energy use intensity, or EUI. But we're also seeing that these codes are now accounting for things like thermal comfort metrics, things like predicted mean vote, percent people dissatisfied. And in general, uh, the idea is that the code is, is reducing EUI while also making sure that the occupants are comfortable. Things like the well building standard are, are also coming into play um, in the marketplace. But really, uh, just as a, as a case study to, to, to sort of um, underscore the point, uh, in, the, in the old energy codes, um, a, an architect or an engineer might use um, a tool called ComCheck, which would provide a prescriptive path, in essence, or a very simplified performance path of compliance. Uh, and if you were to try and use that under the new code, I did a case study with an architect uh, up in Minnesota this past summer, which showed that you'd need to use five inches of continuous insulation uh, in, a, in a school building to meet the requirements of the new codes in, in ComCheck. Whereas if you took a different path, a performance path, you wouldn't need to use that five inches of continuous insulation. So that, that for the architect, that meant less time detailing all of the details with regard to the installation. It meant less cost to the owner of having to have a contractor put all of that insulation on the building. And really, the, the additional cost to the design team or to the owner to, to make that determination on the performance path was, was essentially none. Um, so th the codes um, are, are having a big impact on, on both the design teams as well as, as the, the actual owners and operators of the buildings. So when you talk about this, when you talk about this EUI and you talk about this prescriptive path right now, it, it, is, is it impacting when we, we go into this? Because you know, I was doing a little bit of research and I was, I was looking at, we've seen some dramatic changes now in the LEED 2009, what you had, versus LEED version 4 now. And so we've, we've got a lot of different things going, a lot of codes, a lot of regulations, a lot of impacts. And building processes right now and there's a lot of things to follow so when you're talking with owners and architects and and contractors and everybody's got to collaborate there's a lot to keep track of how do you know the impact of all of this that's happening on the construction marketplace right now and are all of these 
kind of things collaborating together nicely? Are you know are you able to understand them all when you're in the industry, and 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 how do you keep up with them to know which version are you working with, which you know this this process that you're all talking about makes sense and when what regulation comes in play when and what code and it just seems like there's a lot to keep up with and what's the right one when it's it's a lot to follow well it certainly is i think that um just like a lot of other things that have evolved in the building industry whether you want to talk about in the 70s and 80a compliance uh, and specialists emerging in sort of the architecture community that that deal with code compliance issues or very specific code compliance issues, you know, fire protection, um, ADA compliance, et cetera. Um, I think what we're also seeing is that there is an emerging specialization, a rapidly emerging uh, emerging specialization in things like energy code. Um, and LEED, um, while it is is largely a voluntary program, there is uh, there is an effort and a concerted effort to make. Um, if you do achieve lead in some jurisdictions, for example, that is considered to be code equivalent. Um, and I think that's what you'll see uh, going forward. Uh, there's been a, a memorandum of understanding between several industry organizations, IECC, ASHRAE, USGBC, um, to move in that direction to, to take the burden off of having to do uh, a lot of really redundant work or rework with different standards and, and codes as, as they evolve. Um, but I think the, the overall impact, again, is, is Proving performance in the design process um, using using performance modeling or energy simulation um, in, in principle. Uh, other things like the materials and resources credits in LEED v4, for example, are, are pushing for more transparency as to what's actually used in the materials. Uh, the well building standard is, is there to, to really be focused on the occupants and providing a, a healthy work and live environment or working and living environment for the occupants. And so I think there's a real movement for transparency in general. And I think what you will also see over time is trying to close the performance gaps between uh, the design intent and the actual building operation. So, so uh, closing those performance gaps is going to take some, some time. It's going to take some new technologies, some emerging technologies to come into play. And it's also going to take some, some real understanding of the technical expertise uh, that is in the energy modeling community uh, today. And, and that's an interesting point that you make because when we take the when you talk about the time it's going to take, are we talking about a few years off? Are we talking about five to ten years before we're going to integrate this capabilities? Because in 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 anything, when you you do this, you talk about the occupants and then the ability of the project teams and and all everybody to be able to come together. There's there's always this disparate capability. So. Are, are we talking about, you know, before we can all come together and, and make this happen because, you know, everything that you, you build, you, you want to make sure the occupants are comfortable, with, you know, and then you always have to worry about the outside, the regulations, you know, the government side of things, and then you always have to make sure the, the, the materials kind of meet all those standards. So there's a lot of, you know, puzzles, pieces to this giant puzzle, right, that you're putting together. But to get them all to work, we always talk about this, but sometimes there's always an odd puzzle piece that doesn't fit. Are we ever going to really seamlessly make that happen, or it's just nice pie in the sky that really it never does always fit? There's, we always want it to be, but there's never this utopia. Well, I, I think uh, that we might be on a little bit different tack here. Um, um, the technology certainly exists today to close the performance gap. So the gap that I'm, I'm principally considering here exists between uh, the design intent. So, um, for example, 
uh, if you were to do a lead building um, or if you were to do a code compliance building, whether that be Title 24 or ASHRAE 90.1, um, you're using a deterministic model. And that deterministic model is based on the inputs, and the inputs are mandated often by a jurisdiction or a rating authority like LEED or the State of California or, or ASHRAE 90.1. And those, those elements are not necessarily based on, on sound research because uh, one of the challenges in the industry for the past 40 or 50 or maybe even more years is that there isn't a good amount of, of data uh, or the right amount of granularity to that data to really drive those inputs or those assumptions. So what you have is you have a bunch of assumptions that are based on, on oftentimes best guesses, if you will, um, which is all we have to go on, uh, versus when the building actually goes into operation, those best guesses are often terribly wrong. So for example, um, you know, somebody like, a, a, like an ASHRAE 90.1 input might assume that the building is occupied from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m wherein, in fact, it's an architectural office and it's occupied from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. Um, so you, you have those types of gaps. And the technology does exist today to identify what those gaps are. In other words, we can meter occupancy levels. We can meter lighting power density. We can meter um, sensors. We can, we can meter all of those things. The challenge is making that data um, or converting that data, if you will, into the, back into these deterministic models to create a calibrated model. That, that, that time is a significant, um, it takes a significant um, amount of effort. Um, it takes a significant amount of effort to train the person um, to actually um, understand that data and use it correctly. Um, so what technology can help us with in closing that gap is to make that process more automated. Um, and I think that we're, we're close to that. And the company that, that I work for is certainly very focused on, on those sorts of technologies and closing that gap. And I know there are others out there as well. But I think that's, that we're talking about a, a relatively near-term um, solution to be able to have a much more automated way of converting um, the actual data back into the design model to, get to, to have a calibrated model to benchmark against. So we're talking about benchmarking against the actual building as opposed to what is, what is most commonly done today where we're, we're benchmarking to other buildings that might be in the same neighborhood, which might be completely different, uh, but it's, it's the best thing that we have to go on at the moment. So we're, I think we're close. I, I'm a little hesitant to put an exact number of years, but I don't think it's a pie-in-the-sky proposition. Well, we've been talking about the Internet of Things for a while there, so you're taking, you know, you know real-time data and being able to process it and all these other things is what you're, you're, you're indicating here. So the idea of being able to apply what we use in sensors and applying all that in what we all are calling the Internet of Things and being able to make it actionable. But, Nathan, this has been a great discussion. I hope you'll come back. We're out of time because I think there's so much more our listeners would learn from this discussion. And I think what you guys are doing right now um, really, you know, is, has made this an enjoyable conversation at Integrated Environmental Solutions. So uh, thank you so much for your time today, and we appreciate everything that you shared with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hope to talk again. All right. All right, listeners, we're out of time. Uh, you know, we've got more coming on uh, our final segment today. We're going to kind of give you some examples of what goes on at the job site of the future and some of the really great uh, construction companies and what they've been doing. So we hope you'll stick around and, uh, for more of that. But in the meantime, we want you to go up and register, if you've not, for the expo that's coming up. And if you haven't, sign up for our newsletter, 365 newsletter. There's a lot of great uh, technology information there. So stick around. Thanks for tuning in to ConExpo, ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. We'll be right back right after this commercial break.
Gotham Books presents *Marriage Rules* by Harriet Lerner, the book Martha Beck calls "required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships." Get your copy wherever books and eBooks are sold, and visit HarrietLerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Thank you for listening to WS Radio. Improve your business and your life with useful information from experts and thought leaders. WS Radio is radio with ROI. You take your smartphone almost everywhere you go. Now WSRadio.com can be there too. Search WS Radio in the Play Store for your Android devices or iTunes for Apple. And download the WS Radio application. WSRadio.com on your phone and in your ear everywhere you go. Download the WS Radio application. Do it now. It's very easy. WSRadio.com. Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at ConExpoConAg.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Small businesses are the lifeblood of America's economy. Every Thursday, SBA Radio interviews industry professionals and is dedicated to provide small businesses with timely insights and innovations. Visit www.sbaradio.us for details. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. If you've ever wanted to grow your business, but held yourself back from fear that it would take over your life, then we urge you to get your copy of Scale today. It'll give you a proven roadmap for rapidly growing your business while also gaining more personal freedom. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Scale is for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. That's scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com.